you're not presenting yourself as the end-all be-all subject matter expert. What you're doing is you're providing a platform to bring people together. There's so much value in being the person who brings the community together, whether you're new, senior, whatever the case may be. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in today. Today I'm super stoked. We have a guest who has created something really special and she has a kick-ass, awesome personality. I had a ton of fun in our pre-show interview. So everybody, welcome to the show, Shelby Johnson. Thanks for having me, stoked to be here. So Shelby is a real estate expert in Charlotte, North Carolina. And just kind of walk us through where you got started because your your origin story in real estate was fascinating to me because I think it's what everybody wants to do. But the numbers that you told me about seemed impossible, but you did it and you grew and doubled in your first two years. So tell me, when did you start and how did you how did you get to where you ended up? Yeah, I started in 2018 was my first year after serving six years in the military. Did lots Thanks for your of service. Ops. Thanks for your support. Um, (laughs) Did like a lot of stuff in the military that directly set me up for becoming a business owner, uh, which I did not know at the time. Very grateful for now. But in I got out of the military looking for financial freedom, freedom of time. I stumbled into Bigger Pockets and Robert Kiyosaki. So the investing world was actually where I first drank the Kool-Aid. And I got my real estate license to fund my investments. Um, but that first year, I was the Keller Williams Rookie of the Year for all of North and South Carolina with 48 closings as an individual. So agent. walk me through, like, walk me through that bridge really quick. So you were personally, yeah. you wanted to get more freedom because obviously the military takes away a lot of your freedom while you're fighting yeah. for our freedom. So that's, <laughs> I, I hear this a lot. But you, you wanted to get more into the investing side, but then you did a hundred normal ass residential closings. How did that happen? Like you thought you wanted to do to do investments for yourself and buy rental properties, but then you ended up serving others. Like how did that happen? I did both. Um, So by the end of that first year, I had 16 units in my investment portfolio. So it was it was a lot like I did not sleep a lot (laughs) that first year. It was a lot of um, I felt like, you know, back against the wall, like an extreme sense of urgency to to do something to not fail. Um, and it, and it was, it was good for me at the time that I didn't have, you know, I didn't have kids. I didn't have like pretty much anything else in my life. So I was able to completely block out everything else and just grind. You focused, you focused on, on one big thing, which was your real estate business. Totally. And I feel like that, I mean, what skills and what things did you learn in the military that you brought with you to real estate? Because I feel like no matter what someone did in their past career, they take the best parts of those industries and they bring it to real estate. And that's kind of what makes us all different as real estate professionals. So what did you bring with you from your service that, that really helped yeah. you? Dude, so many things. So I was a battalion S one, which means that I was in charge of the administrative stuff for 700 dudes in uh, our organization. And I worked a lot with our plans officer. So I worked a lot with like projections and seeing an end state and working backward from there, plugging it into a calendar and like meeting milestones along the way. That was a really big piece. Um, Organization and systems in general as well. So like in order to manage all of the different activities for my organization, I had to be super on it in regards to tracking, follow-up, communication with higher level and lower level um, systems, processes, like literally you never do this. You never think through the same thing twice. You think through it once and you commit it to paper and then follow that system from there on out. 
Well, I love that. And in essence, like you treated, you came in and you treated real estate as a business and you, in essence, like looked at the results you wanted to achieve, which was buying properties, making some money. And you put things in your calendar to work backwards towards that. And I think that's what everyone is missing in our industry, right? Like there's 4 million realtors and 3.5 million didn't close a sale last month because they wake up in the morning and their calendar has no real estate related tasks on their calendar to get them towards their goal. Most of them don't even have set goals. And you, you really did the opposite. You treated it like a friggin' job and you oh, scheduled absolutely. yourself out diligently, which I way, love. Way harder than a job. There was no nine to five. You know, it was like 4 a.m. until I couldn't fucking do it anymore at the end of the day, you know? And and that helped you get to what, 50, 50 deals in your, what, was it 90 deals in your first year, 200 in your oh, second? 90 to, I wish. <laughs> 48 um, closings that first year. And then I started a, a traditional millionaire real estate agent, Gary Keller style team, and we did 120 in our first year as a team. That was the following year. So that's awesome. When you were, so, when you, to get to that 15 and, you know, a couple hundred deals, what were you doing? Because like deals don't just fall into people's laps. Like, I think that's the biggest misconception. People think, oh, I joined a big brokerage and now I'm going to get all the floor leads that like randomly call in and my broker is just going to give me business because I'm a nice person. Like that doesn't (laughs) happen because the broker, if there was, if there were those that many leads, they would just take the deals and close them and make a bunch of money. So how did you get these deals? Because it's, I'm sure it's not as easy as, oh, I just got them. It's never as easy. And that's the thing, like whenever you see, like even just saying it right now, like nothing is ever as easy as it sounds. Nothing is ever as cool as it sounds because there's so much like behind the scenes of blood, sweat and tears. Um, (laughs) But that first year, like I did a lot of different things testing what would work in regards to me for like building my own business. Um, And something I wanted to note real quick is that, you know how I said, like I put on the calendar, I I knew what I wanted to do and put it on the calendar to execute. One of the reasons why that was possible is because I didn't know what to do at all, like day one. And so I went to my my broker and I was like, hey, who's the top five performing agents in this organization? And then I just literally harassed the shit out of them until I could ride with them in the car to a listing appointment, like listen to them on the phone as they're talking through repair requests and stuff. And so I was able to absorb. And then after I had an idea of what to do, that's when I was able to conduct, like put a plan in place. Um, I think that's like a, I think everyone needs to like stop driving or, or just like take a minute and write this down because this is a tip that I actually got on my first ever podcast that we did from a guy who did 150 million in sales last year. And his thing was in his, the first month of his career, he interviewed the top agents at his office and asked, where did you get your last five sales? And he wrote down every lead source and then reverse engineered to figure out how he could do that. Yeah, and that's exactly, exactly what you said. I mean, when it works for multiple people, this is something that we should all be doing. So if you're not hitting your goals, if you're not doing at the top of your game, interview other agents, salespeople, and find out where they're getting it from and do that. And it's a strategy that works in every market because in every market, someone's getting a deal somewhere. For sure. So, uh, yeah, sorry. You asked a question. I didn't even okay. answer it. <laughs> like, where do you leave? No, no, no. You, you totally did. You totally <laughs> did. So I know you had, you, you built something really big in your first two years that has now kind of been feeding you with deals and an enjoyment for the past five years. Yeah. Tell us about that group you started. Yeah. So year one, I started this thing called Pints and Properties, which it's pintsandproperties.com if you want to look it up. It uh, was originally a real estate investors meetup because I didn't have anyone to talk real estate with. And I figured if I could get a beer in people's hands, maybe I had a better shot of like, you know, getting people to talk yeah. to me. Um, and yeah, it's turned into a really cool thing that's nationwide. Um, but it helped me in so many ways because 
not only did it help me find people to collaborate with in regards to the investing, but also brought in a slew of clients. Like everyone who I talked to who was interested in investing, I, my first question would be like, well, have you used your primary residence loan? Because the, the best way, you know, you can get in it right now without, you know, deep diving into the investment world if you want to use a primary re- residence loan and either just buy it, but also house hack. Like there's so much opportunity in that. So it was investor contacts. It was clients. Uh, it was deal flow. And more importantly, it was market share because, you know, everyone's like, oh, get contacts and then put them in your CRM and hit them with a drip campaign that no one reads and people are going to unsubscribe to you because they don't care. But if you have like this really cool, fun event that you're like creating FOMO for online and you're like, hey, come hang out, grab a beer. Let's learn something cool together. That is a great way to stay front of mind consistently month after month. And have fun in person, like an in-person drip campaign. Real estate has a lot of contracts. I want this podcast to have a social contract as well. Here's what I need from you. If you're listening to the show and you get something valuable out of it, or you hear something that you think that's awesome, I want you to send me a DM on Instagram, or if you find my email, send it that way. The more feedback that I get helps me to put together better shows and attract better guests. It's kind of one of those things where it's like when most agents say like, hey, I want more business, their broker says, We'll start cold calling, start calling people, but then they don't do it because they have nothing to say. Yeah. If you have an event planned, you can simply call to do the invites. And I tell people all the time, like when you do an event, the event itself is not the important thing. Half the time, the event, the reason for doing the event is the ability to call people to invite them or totally. to send them those emails. It's a, it's a talking on point. And then, yes. Yeah. And then the event itself is the cherry on top to really go deep with people and connect. So walk us through what kind of, how these events work, how you promote them, what happens at them, what they cost. Tell us everything because I think people (laughs) listening, if they like it, they could probably contact you for more information and then set this up in their city. Totally. And they totally can because it is free for people to run as hosts. And it's also free for people to attend. That's one of the requirements that we have. Um, And speaking of free, like a lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't want to spend money for a venue. Well, that's part of our, we have everything. All of this is a checklist. All of it is systematized. And part of the checklist for the venue is like tips on how to get the venue for free. Um, But yeah, so you're going to establish a venue and you can do speakers. You don't have to do speakers. I find that speakers are a really cool way, again, to like hype the event and be like, hey, come if you're interested in understanding whatever whatever you're hyping this week. Um, so yeah, so it's the the event in the speaker in the beginning and then afterwards people stay and hang out and network. So that is like the summary of it, but the intent is that it's very chill, uh, approachable, not stuffy, not salesy, like no suits, no fucking name tapes with like, you know, yeah. I'm your agent. It's just like hanging out. It's fun with friends. So when you're initially planning one of these, like who are you inviting mainly like your past clients or are there any other places that are promoting this? Yes. Um, So of course, past clients and future clients on your social media pages. I I always do it on bigger pockets uh, as well as in Facebook. There's a lot of untapped pages like groups. So like, so when you you say promote it in bigger pockets, what do you mean? So like I'm familiar with the bigger pockets program, but are you, Are you putting in like a Facebook group of some kind? No. So bigger pockets, like it's, it has its own website and they have a location where you can share. It's a forum where you can share events. So got it. Yeah. So people search for that. And then the other thing that works really well is like, if you go on Facebook and you search like hypothetically Charlotte 
real estate in Charlotte or moving to Charlotte or Charlotte events. Those are, there's literally like 12 pages that my VA consistently posts on each time that will bring in new business, new eyes every month. So those are some I love areas. I feel like I feel like someone is going to go and post their new event that you just told them to do on their moving to XYZ city page. And the realtor that owns that page is going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, like, damn like, it. Why didn't I think of that first? Okay. Yeah. Remove. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, I mean, and you bring up a good point, like find in your city, what are those Facebook groups that you could, that you could contribute valuable content or events to? I mean, like almost every major city has a moving to or moving from that city group, not a page. Yeah. On Facebook and on Instagram, there's hashtags that follow all of those types of topics. You can use those to interject yourself into it and really 100%. connect with some some potential clients, which I love. And if so, they don't exist, Shelby, create one. That's a huge opportunity. The moving for to sure. Page. Like yeah. if you type in your city and you type in moving to that city and it doesn't exist, create oh. that today. Amazing. It's it's a easy way <laughs> to be able to offer information and community resources to people who are thinking about moving to the area. And if you can help them on their move with general advice, of course, they're going to use you when it comes time to choosing a realtor or a lender. 100%. And just some other notes. Joe. So that's like the meetup flow, but also like once yeah. you decide that you're going to do an actual meetup and we have confirmed that you are like not bullshitting, then you get the rest of the, you know, there's canned email templates. There's the list on, of pages where to post it, you know, the ways to leverage through a virtual assistant, social media manager. Like we have all of it systematized for you to plug and play. And we create the graphics for you market it on our pages and put it on our website. I think that's awesome. So for anyone listening, not only did Shelby just tell you the secret to how she built her business, she's also she also has this as a system that anyone can contact her and she will give them the game plan to do it in their city. It's not competition for you because they're doing it in a different market. But the more people understand this, the more it's kind of like one of those rising tide raises all ships thing. The more people that see it nationwide, the more people will see it in your area, too. The more the more that we can all do together. I love that. So talk to me about, talk to me about how you've grown your business. And now I know you switched to EXP a little bit ago. How has that changed your business? This is not an advertisement for EXP or anything, but um, what, what did it change in your business? Yeah. So it's funny. We uh, switched to EXP year one as a team. So like when I was doing my solo agent stuff at Keller Williams, we were, it was only May of year two when we made the switch to EXP and did, we kept the traditional Gary Keller millionaire real estate agent model going um, all the way up until almost 2022. It was like near the end of 2021. Um and then the switch came because the, in my opinion, the traditional real estate team model is designed for failure. <laughs> it, it, it creates this. Okay. So the reason why I believe that is because in the beginning, when it's a startup, it's really cool. People like buy into anything for the team. Yes. 50, yeah. 50 splits don't matter. Like we're here for the team, but the more you grow, there's only two types of people, two types of agent that the team model attracts. It's the brand new agent who's just learning everything they could so they can go on off on their own later, or it's the agent who wants handouts. And more and more, I found that I didn't want to work with this type of agent. So that's the primary reason why we changed the model. So that way we could attract the people who did want to build and grow and the go-getters of the world, as opposed to the people we were currently attracting with the previous model. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it does. And I think, I mean, there are teams out there that are really doing it right. And I think especially there's some small teams that have like one person that focuses on one type of business and maybe someone else that has a different niche. And I think in certain cities where travel is difficult, they can make even more sense. But, you know, for the most part, if you're thinking, if you're a brand new agent, joining a team could be good because you can get trial by fire in some business better than no business. But if you're the team leader, I think you have to realize that like you're trading time for something. And at the end of the day, no matter how good your contract is, if you get a buyer lead and you pass it to someone on your team, unless that person is going to be with you forever, the agent, you're, you're flushing some of your database down the toilet. And I've seen that time and time again. And I, I find that to be challenging. So if you're, if you're a team so leader, high. how can you offer? Well, yeah. Like <laughs> how can you offer so much insane value and culture mm-hmm. and everything that people don't leave? And if you can't do that in a way that's different enough from every other team in town, is it worth it for you? Totally. 100% agree. And I agree with what you said that I do think that hypothetically, maybe if we had kept it really small, um, then it would have been, and, and I'm not saying that it didn't work because it worked, but it wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted. And it wasn't attracting more importantly, the people yeah. that I loved, the people that brought me energy and I could provide them what they needed. So I think there are situations that it can work, but it just wasn't the right fit for me. Well, I think the big thing there is like, you kind of have to, like you mentioned the very beginning, like you knew what you wanted to get out of real estate. And I think people need to write down like, what is your goal? If the goal is making more money, is the team the way that you need to get there? Or if your goal is making more money for less time, like most money, least time, then how can you, how can you tweak what you're doing in order to get there? Because sometimes your, your actions don't match up with your goals. And I say this all the time with like leads. Like if your goal is to spend less time on in like, real estate, you should not be buying crappy internet leads because the amount of time you have to spend to convert them is really, really high versus doing, you know, a local meetup or a pint type activity like, like you're doing Shelby. It's not only fun. So even if it didn't work, you'd have fun with it. Number two, like how could it not work when you're meeting new people on a consistent basis? And I think most agents out there, most salespeople need to add more things to their calendar that help them meet new people in their market on a consistent basis. And what I like about this strategy is it works not only if you've lived in an area forever, but also if you're brand new to an area, because we hear this all the time. Someone, an agent moves to a new city and they feel like they have to start over. But if you, if you start a group or if you join a group and you're out there, you meet new people really quickly. Dude. And that's one of my favorite things about pints and properties in general. It's, it's that I hear that all the time. They're like, Oh, well, I'm either new or like, I don't know enough. I can't start a meetup. And I'm like, you're, you're not presenting yourself as the end all be all subject matter expert. What you're doing is you're providing a platform to bring people together. And that's also the leverage in getting speakers because there's so much value in being the person who brings the community together, but also being like, this is the expert who's here to teach us on you know, X, Y, and Z. So it's just, it's just like a great way to get your foot in the door, whether you're new, senior, whatever the case may be. The Neighborhood Realtor Podcast is proudly made possible by the support of our sponsors, Treadstone Funding and Neighborhood Loans, two amazing Midwest mortgage companies that now have offices all around the country. If you're a realtor and you'd like to learn more about connecting with one of our lenders, DM me at mattmuskett88 and I'll connect you with someone in your market. If you're a lender and you want to join the right mortgage company, DM me and I'll connect you as well. You know, it's really interesting. I think a lot of agents, when they start, they do go after that investor market because 
in the market that we're in right now, 2023, you know, people are concerned about interest rates. People yeah. are concerned about volatility. I mean, people are just freaked out about a lot of stuff out there in the media, but investors are typically a little bit more well-established and they're able to just break something down and say, this is either going to make me money. I'm going to do it or it's not. And you don't have a lot of the same challenges. So it can be a really interesting niche to go after. And additionally, I love, I love like the, the, love the investor side, because if they then need help finding tenants, then those tenants, if you develop a relationship with them, they flip over every couple of years. And anytime someone doesn't renew a lease, you can market to them to say, where are you going? Are you buying? I'd love to help you buy. Um, I know every time one of my tenants moves out of my rentals, we ask them six months in advance, are you going to buy? And if so, we want to sell them a house and a mortgage and all that stuff. Totally. I totally agree with that. I will say uh, I've worked with investors for years and now, and that's the thing I've like, you know, over years of experience, like become yeah. callous in a lot of ways. But I think that, you know, 95% of investors are just tire kickers and they're full of shit. So if you can really, find really tell me good, more about that. Oh my God, dude. Everyone. How do we find, so investor. how can we, cause I think, <laughs> I think like 90% of buyers are, are tire kickers and it's challenging. And I think you just hit on the frustration that like every realtor listening is in their heads. Like I'm frustrated that everyone is dicking around for lack of a better um, term and they're not serious. How do you figure out with your experience if a buyer or an investor is serious quickly? Yeah. With investors, I put a ton of systems in place to pre-screen. So right okay. as soon as as soon as an investor comes in, which I, my community is really big on bigger pockets. So we got a lot of people from bigger pockets. We have a lot of people from Pints and Properties who say that they want to invest. But right off the bat, like, you know, most people are like, hop on a call with them. I'm like, no, don't hop on a call with them. We send them our templated email that has the action steps on becoming a success successful real estate investor along with a questionnaire. And we ask them to fill out the questionnaire and send it back. And right away, boom, huge screening. Like, and we follow up with the text, of course, like, hey, just shot this to you. It's in your inbox. Shoot me the questionnaire as soon as you, you know, have a minute. And right off the bat, most people don't fill it out because they don't fucking care. They're not super serious. Right. And then, so once they do fill it out, you can tell right away if they have their shit together or not. And what a lot of new agents want to do is they're like, oh my God, I have someone who's interested. And they spend all this time trying to educate and train this person on how to be a real human and actually care about their own investment experience. And that's the downfall. From the questionnaire, you can know whether or not they have put energy and work into it. If they haven't, that's okay. You provide with the tools to educate. And then you say, hey, come back to me when you're ready. So- does that I make that. sense? I mean, when you, yeah, I think providing, doing an extra screening is a great way to protect your time, but also it lets them know that you're a professional. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if you mirror that to any other industry, you know, a physician doesn't just see you and ask you a million questions when you get to the room with them. They pre-screen you, they have the nurse talk to you first, and then they're able to use their time with you as the true expert. And I think exactly. a lot of times like in real estate, we need to take cues from other more established industries that have been doing it right for a really long time. Not that not that the medical industry doesn't have their issues, right? Like we don't do <laughs> right. that. Um, but there there are some serious um, there's some serious good stuff that we can learn there. So Shelby, before we before we go, I want to I want to just get one or two. What would be your like number one or two tips for someone getting into real estate today or who needs to do a big change in their business? Number one tip for getting into real estate today. Um, the biggest thing that I see with new agents, what I talk to a lot of new agents, is that they they don't have the grit 
to do whatever it takes to find the answers. So a lot of, you know, no one fucking knows what they're doing in the beginning, but no one is also going to go into your house and be like, Hey, this is exactly what you need to do. Like, no, if you are the type of person who really does care, which this is, I think a requirement with agents, you have to be able to go out there and put forth the effort to find the answer, to not stop at no. Did you Google it? You know, when they ask questions, have you already Googled it? Did you look on YouTube? Who did you ask prior to, you know what I mean? I think, and that's not a very concise answer, but I think that maybe the answer is ownership, where it's like you have to understand that anything that happens or fails to happen in your life and business is up to you. It's because of you. Yep. Yes. One thing too, like the, it's, I think that's like a really good trait that realtors, that new salespeople and existing salespeople need to have, right? Like if something isn't happening and your number one, the way, the place that your brain goes is to blame the market. Yeah. It's probably not going to be the industry for you. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's your fault. Like (laughs) whatever is happening in the market is an opportunity to go the other direction. Right. Like I did a podcast last week with a woman who went through the market in the 1980s when interest rates were 18% and adjustable rate. Right. Like, and there was more fear in the market then than there is now. Yeah. And she thrived by putting more effort in than other people. And I think if you're in this market, what are the advantages and how can you sell differently based on that? So I, I love, I love the hustle. So Shelby, if someone wants to get in contact with you, where can they find you? How should they get with you? How can they learn more about, um, about copying your program? Copy everything, dude. Um, okay. So the best way, all go- realtors, by the way, should copy, cheat and steal, right? Copy, cheat and steal what yes. other people in other markets are doing. 100%. So definitely go on Instagram. It's at the Shelby show and, um, follow me and then message me, dude, anything that you need that we talked about, like it's literally all a click away for share. Like everything that I have is like in a Google drive, easily find. And I can just share the link with you. Uh, for tools, for screening, for pints and properties, all the things. Also go to pintsandproperties.com and go to um, theagentgoldmine.com. I actually just started a podcast with my buddy, Allie. And so if you like my style, she's very similar to me. So um, go check us out at theagentgoldmine.com. Awesome. Well, Shelby, thank you so much for joining us today. And remember guys, if this is the type of information you like, please leave a review on the podcast store. It helps me get in front of more people and helps us attract quality guests like Shelby. So Shelby, thanks. Have a great rest of your day and enjoy, uh, enjoy whatever the weekend has in store for you. Thank you.